Hi everyone. We would like to welcome you to Finding Peace in Parenting. This is a journey we would love you to join us on as we look to overcome challenges in the search for peace of mind as loving and engaged parents. Our desire is that we can inspire, comfort, and hopefully help you along the way. Let me introduce myself. I'm Rani. I grew up in Indonesia in a family of three children as a middle child with two working parents. My parents were driven people that taught me that anything is possible if you don't give up and that we should not set limitations on ourselves. This has stuck with me as I have traveled through my life whilst having lived in three different countries, experiencing very diverse cultural differences, having brought two beautiful boys into this wonderful world and having run family businesses and my own businesses for nine years now. Growing up in an environment with such a focus on achievement was not all rosy though. With parents that were so driven and busy, some elements such as family time for bonding, intimacy and openly showing affection were lacking. I struggled with this. All these life experiences and now being a mother myself have inspired me to take the commitment of pursuing a degree in counseling. I am in my second year now. Now to introduce my co-host and soul friend Tracy Ann. We first met when I moved to Sydney nearly four years ago. We connected so deeply straight away and continue to share life experiences and empower each other to be better to ourselves and our families. Tracy Ann, tell us about yourself. Rani, what a beautiful introduction. First and foremost, I'm a mother. This is the biggest job I've taken on, by far the most challenging and equally most rewarding. Am I getting it right? Lord, I hope so. I grew up in the outskirts of Brisbane, the youngest of three girls. I had a great sense of adventure and a deep connection to nature. My mother suffered from mental health issues which had a profound impact on me growing up. Many years later, and three children of my own, I embarked on a journey of self-discovery through the guidance of an excellent counsellor, letting go of many past traumas that haunted me for years. The result has been nothing but transformative. I am passionate about so many things, but what stands out the most are health, well-being, nature, philanthropy, community, family, and deep, meaningful connections. When you asked me, Rani, to collaborate via podcast discussions, my initial reaction was a what? Me? No. (laughs) However, after some gentle nudges and my overriding desire to talk about real issues with someone I deeply admire, it was a no-brainer. Thank you. Mm. And I'm also embarking on a new chapter in my life, exploring my passion around helping others. I have just begun my studies in life coaching and I'm so excited about what the future holds. So... Rani, why podcast? Although we are not experts, having experienced so much personally and having witnessed the struggles of so many people, we feel we can help our listeners as we all learn and grow as parents. And most importantly, to remind us all, we are not alone on this amazing journey. That's comforting. 
Just hearing the way you said it then, Rani, we are not alone. And as women, we always share. So it's important to know that we're not alone. We are together in this path and in this journey. this long haul together. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into our first topic. Brilliant. Our topic today, pushing our children. We mean well, but are we doing the right thing? Are we projecting our needs when we want what is best for our children? How does how we were parented relate to our own parenting style? And how to avoid some common parenting pitfalls when it comes to pushing our kids too hard? When we talk about pushing, what do you think, Rani? What does it mean guiding or telling them what to do? like to say guiding them rather than telling them what to do. And this with our children could include pushing our children to study harder, to try new things that we will give them competitive advantage and sticking with it. I think you know when you're pushing. I think for me, you know, if I'm coming in too strong, there's a definite resistance there and there's no budging from that. Do you find that? I think it depends on pushing the children at the right space, Mm. in their right frame of mind. And knowing their capabilities. Correct. We need to understand the gift within themselves, bringing out the best in them and then knowing their limitations as well. Mm. So tell me about pushing in your family. How is it like in your family? I think growing up for me, there was an element of pushing. It was probably more hands-off approach, so to speak, a lot of control and dominance. But when it came to stretching me outside my comfort zone, I didn't have any of that growing up. So now for me, being a mother to three children, pushing uh, is probably not the right word, is it? I like what you said before about guiding them. It's sort of almost planting the seed and showing the way. Yeah, not not controlling and then immediately telling them what to do. Yes, making them think that they came up with it all on their own. <laughs> making them as part of this journey. That's right. Involved in the process as well. Mm. I do have some moms asking me questions and I guess even myself sometimes question this in my mind. Do we really need to push? That's the million dollar question isn't it yeah but you know what my answer is yes Mm. I view pushing our children is important Mm. to challenge them to expand their world outside their comfort zone to teach them grit and determination really that's right and that when that is happening for them they're being stretched and for that feeling to feel familiar not overwhelming yes to have self-capability to deal with it. That's right. We need to equip ourselves and the children with ability to manage difficulties, challenges, to pick ourselves back up when we fall. Like going to the gym, children need to practice to strengthen this muscle of perseverance. Absolutely. And I believe by being pushed out of the comfort zone once in a while, that will help them. And also being excellent role models ourselves. Challenging our own selves and stretching our own capabilities. For example, me doing this podcast. Yes. <laughs> is showing my children some grit <laughs> and determination. Well, research shown basically that children learn through mirroring and mimicking what was the parents' behavior. Yes. And there's been some 
not so great ones. <laughs> but we experience. learn. Absolutely. We learn from that. <laughs> yeah. Just I had this vision driving in traffic once and and I think I got a little bit of road rage and and next minute my daughter yells out, oh, what an idiot, just honk them. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe she said that. But, yeah, that was role modelling at its worst. Absolutely. <laughs> and also how we correct our children, yes. the language and behaviour that we choose when, you know, we tell one of our child off. They actually copy that yes. on how then they communicate with one another in correcting each other. Always. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> there is a modern notion which implies that if we left our children into their own devices, children will be pure, whole and perfect, that we as parents are the one who mess them up. Well, we know we have enormous influence on our children. If we leave them to their own devices, they are likely to take the path of least resistance. Mm, the easy route. Mm, so I strongly believe that our children very much need a guiding hand to lead them. But if we push our children too far, it can cause resentment or even anxiety in trying new things. Mm. And I've seen that play out in my family before and, and perhaps for me as a child as well. You know, perhaps it not being good at something it makes you less likely to give it a go. You know, and that sort of holds you back and keeps you safe. Some children are built in their DNA to just have that courage yes. and not afraid of trying new things. And another type of children, it takes them a while to want to try the new things, right? That's right. And it comes down to their experience on what they've had in their life so far and how that played out for them. Yeah, it's like I met a mom who said, oh my God, I can't believe it. As I reflect to myself, my uh, failure and disappointment of myself and my teacher, uh, my math teacher when I was growing up, I then developed fear on solving math problems. And I only find out, she said, when I was trying to help my son is doing his homework. Yeah. Yes. I've had something similar play out before as well. Anything with numbers, I shut down. <laughs> <laughs> I notice as well, Tracy, and when parents are hyper vigilant about grades and future success, some children will develop a fear of failure. They don't even want to try harder or give up even before they're really starting. And I find, you know, each term when the report card comes around, I try not to be that parent. But every now and again, it creeps in. I think you can still be keeping that gentle push. Getting the right balance. That's right. It's important to get the right balance by knowing what's right for them as individuals. Yeah. Each of my son has completely different personalities. So some ways work for my first one, but it doesn't work for my second, mm, right? So true. It's really our responsibility to basically bring up the best in them, identifying their gifts and strengthen it. Hi, Ronnie and Tracy Ann. This is Paige Parker from Singapore. Thank you for starting this podcast. We parents really need it. May I begin by sharing that I think with kids and parental pressure, it's a bit of a pendulum. I grew up in a small town in the US with both parents working. I did well in school and outside of school, so my parents did not push me very hard. And I look back now and wish they'd push me more. So in turn, I push my daughters plenty. As a result, 
my girls may grow up and not be pushy when they become parents. So my query would be your thoughts on how to navigate here. Thank you for the question about navigating your way through repeating or passing on your parents' mistakes. We always want what's best for our children, but we need to be mindful in not unconsciously projecting children the unmeet needs we had when we were children or imposing our guilt. If something in our childhood causes us pain, we tend to go one of two ways. Either we unconsciously repeat our parents' behavior with our children or we go the opposite extreme. We are treating them as we wish our parents had treated us. We tend to read to our own story rather than truly seeing our children. Our parenting then becomes dictated by our needs and experiences rather than what is going on for our children. Oh, this rings so true for me, Rani. And I think a part of my childhood uh, resonates deeply with that. I remember as a young girl, I I always had a deep desire to be a vet. Mm. I loved animals, loved being around them, but I felt that I wasn't good enough to be a vet. My studies weren't fantastic growing up. So I remember my mum saying that to me, that, you know, my studies weren't good enough and I could never be a vet. And that stayed with me for a very long time. (laughs) In fact, I still think it stayed with me right up until Until this day. Yeah. So... You know, instead, now being a parent myself and how I would have parented me, Mm. I would have said, well, if you've got a dream, then you should never give up. If you want to become a vet, then let's do what we need to get you there. Let's help get you there. Yeah. Yeah, It is our duty really, right? That's right. right. To provide those options. That's right. And then support them. Yes. With their choices and decisions. And you spoke about, you know, just that generational repeated patterns of and that was probably done to my mom as well so it's nice to be able to break that pattern for me and my family yeah it's it's a challenge Mm. but being aware of that and then constantly reflecting to ourselves helps yeah in my own experience pain in me when growing up tracy and was the lack of love and acknowledgement and pressure to always be perfect Mm, that old perfect word Yes, and because of this, I am very mindful to not repeat the same style. You know, tough love parenting to my children. I really am conscious of not repeating it. But on the other hand, I'm also mindful not over praising or overindulging them because I know that can disempower them. They grow up wanting no problems and looking for others to help solve them. Yeah, to validate their ability to validate their position in life. That's what we want to avoid. So a lot of us really repeating or going extremely another way from how we were being raised as a child. so true. And I think for me, um, you know, having a mother with mental health issues and I know for my sisters and I, we tend to over, not overindulge, but over love if there is such a word, over... I just, I want to be there for everything and not miss a thing. Did you find overprotecting as well? Overprotecting, Mm. yes. I think now that I've had some, you know, therapy over the last few years, Mm. I can now reflect on, you know, how I parented five years ago to how I parent now. And I'm definitely 
more calmer and more just self-aware. And in my case, with the style that I was being raised as a child, I also need to constantly remind myself that, okay, not everyone are having the same pace of of learning, Mm. having the same pace of understanding of life, and then also same pace of development. And we tend to forget that as well as parents, that we think in our adult's hat. That's right. We forget that our children, they are only 9 or 10 or 13 or 15. Mm. This is young children with with not fully developed brain that we we are confronted with, right? Mm. We are so embedded in a culture driven by competition. Having that notion of being the best and having the most, the downside of this culture is we lose ourselves and forget the values closest to our heart. The scary part of this culture is that it makes people hiding behind false self. Many people are in trouble but pretending to be happy, strong and successful Many people and uh, people do this to secure respect and admiration from others. Yeah. Who are we kidding? Yeah, absolutely. Ourselves in the end. And we can't. We can't lie to ourselves. Hi, Rani and Tracyanne. I believe that every child has to run on their own race and we need to believe in them. But having said that, if we see that they are not performing to their highest potential, then we would like to see them so higher, right? What is the best way to communicate this to them in a way such we encourage them rather than feel negative thinking that we are comparing them with others? Thank you for your question around our children performing to their potential. Success is having capacities like optimism, curiosity, and having the ability to manage negative emotions. Yeah, and to encourage them to succeed, we can communicate using positive psychology language with some steps. We can start firstly to check into ourselves these two questions. Do we have reasonable expectation to our kids? And are we reacting to some lack we feel in ourselves or not? So we check ourselves first, those two questions. Then secondly, we pay attention to what they are capable today that they were not capable of yesterday. So focus on the positive achievement. We need to respect our child as the unique individual she or he is. That's to avoid comparing Mm. with other children. Tap into your child's innate qualities rather than just trying to manage the behavior. Then the next step is positive language. Language, we know, has great influence to empower or discourage. I like to avoid the word should when I talk to my kids because mm. it sounds like preaching. Yeah, There is a shaming quality to it. Mm. Self-esteem is built when shaming, blaming language is replaced by acknowledging effort and growth and give clear direction and reason behind it. And uh, avoid the abuse of guilt as it doesn't tell a child what's right. Focus on the value of the action. Yes, and not and taking that moment to pause and not respond 
in a way that you know will have a negative impact. So stopping yourself in that moment, which is hard to do as a parent when you're firing on all cylinders. Yeah. It's best to remove yourself from the room if you can't handle it correctly at that given time. We need to constantly remind ourselves, check into ourselves a lot of times. The disappointment of a parent is devastating to a child. How many adults suffer from poor self-esteem that have begun with the sense of shame that they experienced? They struggle with all their lives because of deep feelings of unworthiness. That is relatable for me. Yeah, so using, encouraging and pushing our children using positive language is the best way to avoid this feeling. Yes. That the child could develop. Rather than focusing on the negative, focusing on the positive. Yeah. I think poor self-esteem develops also from receiving little or no feedback or being repeatedly criticized, Tracy Ann. Um, This makes someone feel little, unworthy or never good enough and numb. So we have to try to avoid imposing on our children the things that we value about ourselves. We live our legacy, they live theirs. They may well climb a higher mountain, but certainly they will climb a different one. That's the same. So true. We can all wave to each other from each other's mountains. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes at points in their lives, we just need to step back to encourage them to think for themselves. Mm -hmm. That's key. Mm. To experience the consequences of their decisions and their mistakes. Make their own choices. But why do some of us struggle to allow our kids to make mistakes? Because I think a lot of us have this pressure of thinking our child is a reflection on us. We need to accept that our child is not a living proof of our worth or shame. They are not here to prove anything. It's one thing to acknowledge a child for having special abilities. It's another to hold them up as a sign of our worthiness. Mm, yeah. Our children need the humility to keep growing, right? This is so true. And as parents, we really need to do the work on ourselves to understand this. Constant work. It's it's not one-off yeah. process. It's an ongoing process. Peeling away the layers. My onion is huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gigantic onion. Hi, Ronnie and Tracy Ann. Does your parenting style stay the same throughout the kids' growth or do you change your style as they get older? For example, baby, toddler, teens, and young adults. What is your input in this? Thank you for the question. So let's answer this, Tracy Does your parenting style stay the same throughout the kids' growth or do you change your style? Oh, definitely changing. I mean, can you imagine parenting a toddler still when you have a (laughs) 16-year-old? Oh, my God, that that will be disaster. You have to let go at some point. Yeah. And that's hard. It's it's really hard doing that. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we need to explore some parenting styles, Rani. There Mm -hmm. are many terms. I want to know. Okay. So there's a few. Uh, There's authoritarian, where parents use punishment, expectations are high. With limited flexibility. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That sounds so familiar. (laughs) Not me. I think we've had an (laughs) element of that. I don't think that's my style. (laughs) Permissive. No rules, no guidance. Children do what they want. Yeah. Fingers crossed and hope for the best. Yeah. 
uninvolved. Parents stay out of the way, lack of caring, information and nurturing. I had an element of that, I think. My mum was caught up in her own world. My dad was busy working. So there was a lot of that in my world. And then there's authoritative. Parents are reasonable and nurturing, set high and clear expectations. Rules are clear and the reasons behind are explained. Communication is frequent and appropriate to the child's level of understanding. I guess that's the one we should be aiming for. Mm. So today the name of parenting styles are arising like tiger parents, strict rules and tough love. Helicopter parents, or drone parents I like to call them, overprotective and excessive interest in their children. Snowplow. (laughs) (laughs) I've got the visual. Parents remove all obstacles, not allowing their child to fail. That worked when they were still little baby. Yes, that's right. And free range, which is a hands-off approach. I think the styles are based in discipline style, communication, nurturance and expectations. Yeah, So for me, you know, I have a bit of a blend at the moment having a teenager. I'm definitely past the snowplow. Perhaps I go through a little bit of free range and a little bit of helicoptering, (laughs) being a helicopter. And again, uh, what works for your one child may not work uh, with the other child. And nothing's set in stone. I'm constantly, I've never raised a teenager, you know, a teenager this age before. Yeah. So I'm learning and evolving like he is. Yeah. And hopefully we get it right. There is no one size fit for all. I think what we are looking for is balance. We can combine all of the positive from these parenting styles at specific point in time, right? Depending on the age, stage of development and level of understanding. Yes. And also depending on your child's temperament, how the style fits with you as family, your child's personality, limitation and strength. So you can come up with your own version of parenting because you know yourself, your child better. And just be flexible. Always be ready with options. And being aware, just creating that awareness as a parent to everyday parenting. Absolutely. And so the question about does it change through the years of their development, absolutely. That's a hell yes. Um, I want to focus on our role when the children are growing up into young adult, Mm. the teenage years, because that's what a lot of parents, I think, find it quite a big challenge. Mm. I think around this age, our role should be about being mentors, counsellor and role model. We need to be able to help them recognize and learn from teachable moments and have strength when we are challenged with difficulties in our life. To see stumbling blocks as a stepping stone, right? So when they make mistake, we don't shame them, but help identifying why it was wrong and what better choice next time and make the consequence educative and, and understood it's sort of like being their life companion. So not no longer being too much in their space, but we walk beside them. It's allowing them to fly. Yes, but still being fully present. Yeah, we still have a rope attached to their ankle. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> the invisible rope. <laughs> yeah. So we walk beside them, we listen to them, we help them finding their own problem-solving, conflict resolution and strategic planning. So we don't preach, we don't judge, 
Uh, we don't have any re- hidden agenda. We give uh, that respect, their chance to own and solve their problem and make their own moral choice. Yes, so true. Yeah, it's no longer uh, the role of fixing and rescue. Gone are those days. Yes, or like when they were younger, like being their teachers and coaches. Yes. The young adult stage is the stage that us as parents needs to step back. And parenting isn't about going into battle every day. No. You know, the whole idea of peaceful parenting is challenging and learning and embracing the new every day. And this is why we have this podcast. <laughs> yes. We want to help us and yes. everyone else out there to find the peace because we are all in this together absolutely tracy and i love this quote from dalai lama i'm not sure whether you have heard it we humans are social beings we come into the world as the result of others for this reason it is hardly surprising that most of our happiness arises in the context of our relationship with others So reflecting oh, deeply to this saying, beautiful. yeah, we should realize that our children's happiness arises in the context of their relationship with others, especially us as oh, parents. Yeah. So Rani, isn't love enough? To know that one is unconditionally loved and cared for is the foundation of all growth. But... Parenting in all senses is about knowing when to protect and when to step out of the way and encouraging our children to find their edge to give a situation their best effort. This, Tracy and I believe, is perhaps the greatest act of love a parent can offer. Be a teacher, not a preacher. Change enabling to empowering. That is a great way to end it there. Thank you for everyone for listening to the first episode in our series. If you would like to get in touch with a question for us to discuss in a future episode, please send us an email or send us a voice memo, which you can record on your phone to hello at findingpeaceinparenting.com. <laughs>